This week on the Catching Up Podcast, it is week 10, and we're starting off the show talking about uh, Seattle startup OfferUp, who's now offering shipping. We are also talking about why no one is talking about Microsoft when they're now the number two most valued company in the world. Instagram is opening up Insta purchasing with your credit card, debit card linked profiles. And lastly, it's almost summertime here. And so we're just talking about some ideas and tips on how we're staying healthy, getting ready for the summer. Thank you for watching the show. Enjoy week 10 of the Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick. All right, after some technical difficulties, we are back on. This is the third try to record this May the 4th podcast. But, Nick, good morning. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing well, man. Yeah, we're just rolling with the punches here with some technical difficulties. But uh, it's May the 4th. I'm excited. And tomorrow's uh, Cinco de Mayo, so really excited about that as well. Nice. You got any good plans for Cinco de Mayo? I've got a few options. Uh, I just want to want to be sitting at some Mexican bar drinking some Mexican beer. Yeah, you, you got a good uh, Mexican bar <laughs> recommendation for Seattleites? You know, I'm... I'm closer to the Fremont area, so I always like to go to El Camino. It's a great spot, uh, a little more Mexican, uh, kind of a little upscale Mexican restaurant. It's great. Yeah. Have you ever been to Little Water Cantina on East oh, Lake? Yeah, totally. That's a, a solid place. spot, too, and they have a nice little view there on their outdoor patio. Um, yeah. I'm sure tomorrow. I'm actually, oh, go ahead. I'm actually I'm looking at it right now. Oh, I'm are on you? My, I'm on my deck and I'm looking right across the water and I can act, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, so. nice. Oh, man, I yeah. wish I had that kind of view right now. Um, but with the pending weekend, let's get uh, started with the show. And so the first topic that came on my radar this week was, uh, let's call it Bellevue's little darling offer up. Uh, because this week they announced that they are going to start having uh, shipping for buyers and sellers. So this is a not a pivot, but a change to now go up against uh, eBay instead of just going against Craigslist. And so, Nick, my question for you related to OfferUp and releasing shipping, uh, what do you think this does for... For offer up as a startup, do you think this like provides a new opportunity for them? Is it more of a sign of they're trying to find revenue? You know what what does this mean to you? I think it's a great move. Uh, they've needed it for quite a long time. I know that you and I have we've spoken about offer up quite a bit, and you know I, I I'm familiar and know the founders and the team over there, which you know they're they're doing great stuff. Uh, you know, and whenever you grow that size and actually a valuation of that of that nature you got to grow into it and this is one of their ways of you, this they had they have to do this in my opinion if you really are going to make a total impact in local commerce and you know peer-to-peer selling and buying um, you got to solve the awkward pickup payment situation like that is just like you know that's the only way that this entire thing is going to move forward so i think it's great i actually think it's uh, i'm looking into some of the details and you know they don't list the prices because obviously those vary but um there are fees so uh, you're you are as a buyer and seller paying for a little more convenience and i I think it's a good i think it's a good move yeah i agree i think it it seems like the logical move 
and the direction where they're going. Um, for for me, between them and Let Go, I almost feel like it's a survival race. Like, are neither of these companies at least look like they're making any money? And so, how are they going to? Either one is going to survive past the other, or they're going to merge and kind of be the next platform, and then, or they're just waiting for eBay to just gobble them up at some point, um, which could be the case as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really curious because this does uh, change the platform a lot. I assume that this is going to dramatically affect the user interface as well on the platform because right now it's more about like what is selling around you. Um, because you have to pick it up, but now I within search they're going to open up you know so many more criteria as far as what items are acceptable to get. So it could be a really big game changer for OfferUp if they can get people uh, to jump on board. But I do wonder if the user is very different as well. And so is the user that is using eBay or um, even Amazon, and they are shipping their own products, are they also using this as a marketplace in the local space? Um, only, only time will tell, but I think you're right. This is totally the logical move for them and kind of the the next frontier that it makes sense for them to go. Oh, uh, yeah. Because the current place they're at, I'm pretty sure it doesn't make any money. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> awesome. Well, speaking of uh, purchasing and commerce... Uh, that the next one that kind of hit my radar was um, I don't know if you saw this, but Instagram just they they've basically opened up instant purchasing and they've created an instant um, or they've they've allowed you now and they're doing this only on a select basis, it seems like. But they're rolling it out now where as you browse and you've put on a payment credential onto the system essentially within one or two clicks you're able to purchase a product that you see on instagram uh connor how much do you think this is going to shift i mean we we this seems to be a trend in our conversations because i think it is interesting um what do you think this does and what's the future of it yeah we've documented like the entire progression over the last this is episode 10 uh so over the last three months of Instagram really, I mean, trying to become an e-commerce platform. And I do, I am very curious about it. Um, I, the one that caught my attention, the part of it is their integration with Resi and trying to go after restaurants. And my big concern here is that a majority of restaurants just don't understand how to use Instagram at mm-hmm. all. Um, and so there are plenty of businesses that are going to get it and put these links in there. And, and it's a really easy thing to just add another button that says make reservation and integrate it in there. And so that's not yeah. too big of an issue. I'm curious of with reservations, is it going to go somewhere further? Can they, can you just buy the dish that they post about, right? And have it ready. I mean, I know we've talked about some of that technology before, uh, but this is uh, as far as fashion and sponsorships, and ads go, this is a pretty logical move to me. We've kind of been waiting for the payment integration to come because of the, I would say, lack of success of Facebook's payment. It's really interesting. I think Instagram is a much bad, better place to be successful as far as converting it into an e-commerce platform compared to Facebook. Uh, but I'm, I still 
am not hearing within my circles about people really buying products or even being able to successfully sell their products on these platforms. So um, the jury's still out for me, uh, but the platform is so difficult to really judge when I see uh, a lot of big influencers because there are a lot of people out there who are buying likes, buying followers, and really having fake engagement. So it's hard to tell sometimes um, if these things are popular or if they're not popular. But what about you, Nick? Do you think this is a a good, or, you know, are you going to buy something from Instagram? Well, that's a different story. I, you know, I don't know. And I, it just depends on, depends on what it is, but it just, to me, the, if things are going to shift to the next evolution and actually the way I think about this is, you know, some of the other topics we've talked about previously was like, you know, the long tail, the long tail quote retailer or small startup that's selling some stuff that if you basically have an interface where you can push out photos and, and then have users, you know, share photos of your product. And if there is a mechanism where you've tied in the payment and you tied in basically the shopping mechanism, the cart, so people can just like click one button, bam, I want to, I, I want that shirt or I want those, that coat or those pants. Um, I, it's to me pretty damn seamless. And so, you know, what we know building products is you make it seamless as seamless as possible. That's, that might get the, the uptick for um, adoption. So I think it's interesting. I, again, I'm kind of with you in the sense of like, I'm not fully sold yet. Look, I'm not the guy that browses around and clicks a button and purchases all that stuff. That's just not my forte, but there are a lot of men and women out there that would do it. So uh, if they can make it seamless, I think this changes the game. Yeah. I really feel like the one thing Instagram is missing that Twitter has really well is the retweet. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is retweet is really how things go viral on the internet. Um, because it's so quick and so fast to share a piece of content that if you could retweet on Instagram because it would keep those backlinks, I think that would be really strong. I don't know uh, design-wise how they would get that done, uh, but there's there's something to that feature of Twitter that's really special. Yeah. And um, I think Instagram, I, I'm not sure if they will have this with their integration with Shopify, is they need to figure out a way to retarget abandoned shopping carts because people abandoning shopping carts is already a, a very, very big thing. Yeah. And if I, I think it'll be even bigger on Instagram with people adding t-shirts to their cart or shoes or whatever it is, you know, drunk shopping online late at night. And when they abandon it with a lot of commerce retailers, like the retargeting, tools and applications are extremely important because that data is very valuable about uh, purchasing decisions. And so if they can get those tools involved, I think, you know, it has even more potential from the businesses to use the platform. Yeah, Um, But related to potential, uh, I wanted to bring up the topic of Microsoft because the last couple of weeks, politically, uh, the four of the big five American tech companies have been just stewing in boiling water. And Microsoft, who, I mean, notoriously, especially because of uh, all of the cases that they had back in the 90s, they just avoided all of this news. No Mm -hmm. one has talked about Microsoft for the last three months, and their stocks have grown over 40% over the last year. Um, I think now they're like the second 
highest valued company behind Apple. Um, they are definitely in the race to be that first trillion dollar company. No one's talking about them. They're just like, they're just crushing it, really. Um, and so why do you think no one's talking about Microsoft right now? Well, yeah, it's it's an interesting topic for a few reasons, which I'll get to. But, um, you know, we live in here in Seattle. We're familiar with, you know, the we probably know a lot of people that work there. We're familiar with them. And I think the simple answer is it, it comes with the, the story of, look, they were they came out a lot more in the software of the PC world and, you know, became the biggest company in the world from that nature and that that wave of technology. And in the last 10, 15 years, they've really, um, they lost ground based on a lot of the mobile um, transition. And so in the end, they, they kind of just became backstory anyway. And, and people forgot about them because you had, you know, Facebook growing and, and clearly Google and, um, and then Amazon coming on, man, it's just insane. So, um, but but I will say from what I'm experiencing a little more internal based on some conversations I'm having, you know, founders live oriented, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I was a little hesitant at first, just given uh, that traditional stance of how they were seen in the market. But uh, I am impressed now. Um, I think that their offerings are um, up there. I think that they're competitive. And I think that they now playing the uh, come from behind are having to think more innovatively, having to think in different ways and be willing to work with uh, partners uh, such as us and others and all that. So, um, you know, we're talking about some things on different continents of the world, which is really, really cool. And, you know, they're, they're reaching out and really uh, going into different markets and different communities. Um, So I think, I think, I actually think that they figured out, you know, especially with Satya coming in, they have to have a different game and a different personality of the company and a different way to work with people. So um, that, I feel like that's why um, they've just been in the backseat. And quite frankly, I think it's a blessing in disguise that, you know, for the last five to 10 years, they haven't been the focal point. And now they're like sitting there like, oh, it feels nice not to have to like sit in front of the Congress and all that stuff. So um yeah it's an interesting thing but uh, yeah they're coming on man you know do not do not you know write them off at all yeah you can't write them off and anyone who would have bought their stock a year or two years ago is is sitting really pretty right now and yeah this underdog come from behind mentality seems to be working really well for them and uh uh, microsoft founders live partnership would be fantastic i definitely encourage that and uh the other point that i wanted to make was just that they have really taken a step back from trying to be that consumer-facing brand. Yeah. Um, I mean, back when I worked there five years ago, they were rolling out the retail stores and coming out the phone, and obviously they have the Xbox, which is still a champion, um, but they have the Surface, which the Surface has really like come into its own, and, and they've started to capture that market a ton. But they've gone back to the roots of, like, the B2B business is where their strength is. And that's where all the growth is going to come from um, because there are so many big corporations who have legacy partnerships with Microsoft and they're going to continue using them. So as these companies have to transition to the cloud markets, uh, it's a very 
clear connection to just stick with Microsoft because they have been buying computers and software from Microsoft for the last 20 years. So that makes a yeah. lot of sense. But yeah, I, I just have been trying to give them a lot of credit because um, I, I think they deserve a lot of credit to uh, their survival. I think a lot of companies have struggled over this conversion to mobile and they are still here. They're, they're bigger than ever. They're probably pretty much being more successful than ever. Um, and I really just admire that from oh, yeah. a company as old as them. Well, let's put it in perspective. Um, you know, 10, 15, let's call it 15, actually 15, 20 years ago, they were the biggest company in the world. And they then fell off. And let's give them credit that they're now back in terms of market cap, the second or third, depending on the day, largest company in the world. Yeah, right. and, they, and they could be incredible. back to number one. Um, with everything that's going on with the iPhone and Apple, like they could easily start challenging for number one again here. That is incredible. So I'm, I am totally, um, uh, yeah, I think it's keep, keep an eye on them. And, you know, from what I've been experiencing working with them recently, uh, they're a good partner. So, and yeah, on that, uh, let's transition to the last topic is a little more, um, a little more personal and, you know, I think just looking at, look, we're beginning of May. This is awesome. Uh, sun's starting to come out in Seattle. And I would assume if you're listening to this in other parts of the world, um, hopefully you're getting some great weather. Uh, Connor, what what are you doing? What is your week, you know, week daily and weekly uh, exercise and health routine, you know, especially as the weather's getting better? A um, uh, little side note, we pushed this, we pushed this conversation a little later today because I had to get my workout in and... Um, <laughs> You know, I was running a little late today and, you know, those things are important to me. And so um, what is your routine and how do you look to be, you know, active and healthy, especially during the nicer weather? Yeah. So I, I spend a majority of my day outside, whether it's rain or shine. And so summer doesn't really change a lot of my physical activity. I'm, I am not good about going out and like being direct about my exercise, being like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go get a workout in. It's probably a routine that I definitely need to uh, get better at, but I do, I mean, I guarantee hit 10,000 steps every single day just for yeah. how, how much I walk. Like hitting the 10,000 number is very easy for me. Nice. Uh, but then right now for the last like three months, I did this really interesting partnership with a yoga studio um, up in Green Lake and they gave me a free membership in return for creating content once a week for them. Cool. So uh, guaranteed I'm at this yoga studio once a week, but I, I'm trying to go at least twice a week, uh, if not three times. I'm not very good at that. But guarantee I'm there every single Tuesday. If anyone's watching here and they want to come do yoga with me, if Nick, you want to come do yoga with me, I have free passes. <laughs> All um, right. But I show up and I make like this little one-minute vlog every Tuesday that they can put up on their Facebook page and Instagram page. And it's just like documenting my experience every week as – uh, I mean, it began as a new student, but now that I've been doing it for three months, I'm a lot more familiar with all the teachers and the practice and understanding my own body. And so I've, I've been getting real deep into yoga 
And that's pretty much been my primary workout source. And that's actually connected with me with a whole bunch of different studios because of my work here around the city. So, I mean, I I have this interesting opportunity of like even just having a platform for local yoga studios here in Seattle um, because they all kind of need to get their name out and selling memberships is always a struggle because there's so much competition. And uh, speaking of which, down by you, if you haven't been to the six on Dexter oh. yet. You've got to go check that spot out. Um, right. Hit up their Raw Foods Bar. They have a yoga studio, cryotherapy yeah. center, uh, saunas, and a Raw Foods Bar with like acai bowls and smoothies. Cool. And I think they're coming out with like, toast and everything. But uh, super beautiful place. It's yeah. all hip-hop oriented. So like their saunas are called Biggie Smalls. Um, <laughs> and I just think you like it. The food was really good when I went and had it there. Uh, but Nick, I think you can provide way better advice than I can. So what, what's your plan this summer? Yeah, you know, I, I'm just in a really awesome, pretty consistent routine. Um, I, you know, I get exercise probably five, say five, six days a week. Um, really, it's, man, it's only about 20, 30 minutes. I mean, that's, what's great is I've really nailed it down into you don't have to be spending so much time in your day, you just got to get it in and be consistent. And, you know, today I did some uh, treadmill, treadmill workout, you know, sprint workout on the treadmill, which basically I'm just kind of doing like, you know, two minute sprints and then walk two minute sprints and then walk and really just doing that for about half an hour. Yeah. Just getting your heart rate up, getting your heart rate up, you know, getting some sweat going. And, you know, some days I do strength workout. So, I mean, there's a workout room, like the level below me in my apartment building. And it actually is perfect because now it's a 10 second walk to get to the workout room. Um, that there's no excuse at that point. So I really just, I, you know, it's about an eight, usually around eight o'clock in the morning, I'm getting workout in, um, especially when it's nice, I might slide that to an afternoon and get a run in around five or six. And, um, I'm just, it's just, I'm very consistent and it feels great. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, just being able to have a view of how do we slide this into our day? Um, you know, how to make it a priority. Don't feel like, Oh, I need to work and I can't work out that means you're not making it a priority and we all have enough time in our day or can find time to, if health is an important aspect of your life, just put in your calendar and, you know, don't sit in front of the TV or, you know, spend less time online or whatever the case may be. And then I think what you mentioned too, I do a lot of walking to meetings and I love it, man, especially when it's sunny and warm. Like, dude, I love just like, buffering a little about a half an hour and I'll, I'll walk to the meeting and it's just great. And you just put on a podcast or you listen to music. And um, so those are the things that I do. And I really feel like I've, I've I'm in an awesome place for that. So uh, well, how does, how does diet fit in there for you, Nick? Well, yeah, you know, I think in what's interesting is if you are paying more attention to your activity, you're naturally going to pay attention more to what you're putting in your body uh, before or after. And, um, so, you know, I make sure like, you know, so today after my workout, I usually make some eggs and have at least somewhat of a protein based breakfast. I make sure, you know, you gotta have breakfast, uh, really starts to fuel your day and you get some nutrition inside you and some energy. Uh, then, you know, I usually just view like I'm going to have a wrap or some sort of, um, you know, sandwich, uh, for lunch. And then you end up having dinner and, you know, just, I think in the end, I, what I do is I focus on what's a protein base of that meal. Secondly, um, you know, the more healthy and active I am, the more I'm just considering what I'm putting in my body as, as food. And both of those play together. 
And so I think as you get more active, you're going to actually make better nutrition decisions. Yeah, it's just naturally going to come with it. Mm -hmm. But there is something about, you know, the spring and the warm and the sun. It just makes you want to be more active. Yeah. So that's, I I love this time of year. It's, it's the best time of year. And then days where like, it just starts getting sunny and it gets dark later on the whole energy of our city changes, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, my favorite, favorite time of the decade, five weeks away, world cup season is back. Uh, and I'm so excited for that. I actually have a topic for next week's podcast, uh, related to sponsorship and, uh, the World Cup that I'm excited to talk about. Hey, side note, and this is what we can end on. Uh, amazingly, I was I was at a place. I was at an event a couple of days ago, and I I met Casey Keller. Really? How was it? It was awesome. It was like a small little um, gathering for uh, actually this like it was a fundraiser for um, cystic fibrosis, and um, dude, he was the he was the one of the guests, and it was really cool. And I actually went up to him afterwards. I was like, hey. Uh, and we actually end up having like a 15 minute conversation. Wow. And I went up to him and I said, Hey man, I grew up in the nineties and I was like, I watched you, all you guys, I, I watched you, you know, I played soccer for 16, 17 years. And I was like, it was so cool. Just, it was so cool to me. I wasn't like a fanboy, but it was just like, I was like, dude, you, when I was in junior high and high school, you, you guys, you know, the national team, I watched all the games. I watched him. I didn't watch a ton of him in Europe um, in the English Premier League, but uh, it was just so cool to meet someone that at the time, back in the day, I really looked up to. And and then we just had the conversation on like, dude, the status of the national team and, you know, the World Cup and how it's like, we got a lot of fixing to do to get back to where we were. And, you know, him being a previous national team player and then looking at the status of this like national team, is like painful. Yes. Oh, I bet. You know, Missing I mean, the World would, Cup. It's gonna. It's gonna be a weird summer with us not is. being involved. That's what I told him. You know, and we start talking about the, like, you know, he's just how it, just, I, you know, think about this for a second. I said, look, Casey, when I was in high school, we're watching the World Cup. That inspires us to be. We want to be world class. You know, uh, soccer players. Yeah. But there is now going to be a hole. When there, how many millions of youth aren't even able to watch the national team this year on a global stage to be inspired to then go on and want to play for the national team? True, that's a problem. And he's like, Oh, totally, you know, he's like, This is it, got it has to come from you know, um, the top leadership, but also like grassroots. And at least there's more soccer with MLS and all that now that U.S., you know, you know, youth can, can have exposure to great players, but he's like. He totally, you know, I, what I just, what I just laid out is like a big ass problem right now. Oh yeah. But to the credit of some of the, let's call it older young, young people. If there's anyone who's like 18 years old, like I think about Christian Rodon on the Sounders and even his brother Alex Rodon, who's been starting a little bit, like the opportunity is actually immense for them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because if we were going into the world cup right now, they probably wouldn't be getting the same opportunities. But now that that's kind of been opened up, like the way Roldan's been playing, like he could easily be the starter in four years for the team uh, yeah. if he continues on the track that he's on. So it will open up some different opportunities for some development for some younger players. But yeah, yeah. the the youth game is going to take a little bit of a hit. But maybe that's what needed to happen because there's been some criticism about youth development in general. Yeah. Um, 
with us going to the last what, nine World Cups or whatever. And so maybe it was the the change that we needed to to inspire some new youth getting uh, into the it, game. I mean, it's, it's a huge wake-up call. And, yeah, I hope it, the whole system is shook and they got to figure it out. But uh, he, it was a really fun conversation. So Excellent. Well, Nick, you have any parting words for our audience today? Uh, no, ha- happy Cinco de Mayo, and let's. Um, I can't wait to talk next week already. All right, excellent. Well, Nick, enjoy your weekend. Uh, may the 4th be with you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're listening to this, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to the podcast. Uh, shoot us a tweet or message on Founders Live. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any topics that you want us to talk about, please let us know. Uh, but, Nick, I appreciate you, as always. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Peace. Thank